Lord our God. Remind us again and again of what you have done in our hearts and lives to make us certain of the resurrection. Help us to live in this certainty and to hold fast to every good and great which you have bring to our lives. Grant us the assurance that we are gaining ground in the battle for the redemption of those who are still in darkness and in the shadow of death. May we find joy in what you have here and now. Give us the patience in our struggles. Give us hope for all that has gone wrong because even what is in darkness is still in your hands. In the end, everything must be brought to the light so that all mankind may glorify your great name. Amen. Beloved, if you have your Bibles with you or your phones, tap it until you get to the book of Acts. Page it until you get to the book of Acts. If you want to read, our text is Acts 1, verses 1 through 11. Let us read. The former account I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and to teach, until the day in which he was taken up, after he through the Holy Spirit had given commandments to the apostles whom he had chosen, to whom he also presented himself alive after his suffering by many infallible proofs, being seen by them during forty days and speaking of things pertaining to the kingdom of God. And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, You have heard from me, for John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Therefore, when they have come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom of Israel? And he said to them, it is not for you to know times and seasons which the Father has put in his own authority. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Now when he had spoken these things while they watched, he was taken up and a cloud received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly towards the heavens as he went up, behold, Two men stood by them in white apparel, who also said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus whom you have taken up from you into heaven will so come in like manner as you saw him go into heaven. May God bless his word. Beloved, so often the words spoken and the Bible is so profound that we don't grasp the true meaning of what it means. What if Christ had not been raised? See, when Jesus Christ lay dead in the tomb, a darkness came upon the, the disciples. Had the Lord Jesus Christ remained dead, the church would never have been born. The followers of the Savior would never have been reinvigorated. And the preaching of the gospel would never have been known. With Christ in the tomb, we would have a Christ dishonored of men, disowned of God, and disrobed of his claims. 
Had Christ never been raised, the world would have been left without a Savior, without a coming King. Can we imagine the darkness that the world would have found ourselves in today had God not been raised from the dead, Jesus not been raised from the dead? And we shudder to think what that world would have looked like. But night has passed and redemption has drawn nigh. And as we stand at the empty tomb, we see the hope of the sinner and the victory of the saint coming into view. There is no blessing to man or to the physical earth that does not center in Christ's resurrection. Christ were dead, we of all men would be most miserable. But the word says to us, with Christ risen, we are of all men most blessed. With Christ dead, our faith would be in vain and we'd still be in our sin. But with Christ risen, our faith is sure and our sins are done away with. With Christ dead, those who had fallen asleep in Christ have perished. But with Christ risen, the saints are destined also to rise. It is our purpose to seek to discover in the book of Acts, which sets forth this message and ministry of the early saints, the far-reaching effect which the resurrection of Christ brought about for the followers of Christ. And as we do this, we will find the chief proofs of the resurrection. We know that Christ is risen because a new life and hope and love illuminates our path. Because a new power accompanies our message, a new inspiration stirs our service, and a new and far-reaching vision enhances our path. But you see, the outcome of the resurrection did not cease with the passing of the early church. It is just as potent in the lives of the saints today. What is the meaning of the great volume of praise which ascends from the lips of the saints the world around? What is the meaning of the consecration of millions to the cause of evangelism? What is the meaning of the onward march of that great host of missionaries who are pressing their way with the message of salvation? into the darkest regions of the earth. What does this mean? It means only one thing, that Christ is risen and that He still works in our lives today. What are these outcomes of the resurrection? And the first of these, it brings a new joy. In 1 Peter 1 verse 3 we read, Blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to His abundant mercy has begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. When Christ met the woman at the tomb, He said to them, Rejoice. We know of the women that were weeping at the tomb. We know also of the two disciples on their way to Emmaus, depressed in spirit and sad of heart. But we also know that after they realized that Christ had risen, lifted them again to a lively hope by the resurrection of Christ from the dead. You see, the early chapters of the book of Acts breathes a spirit of ex exultant joy because we read that they, continually died, they daily continued with one accord 
in the temple, breaking bread from house to house, ate their meat with exceeding joy and singleness of heart, praising God and having favor with men. They continually glorified the Lord Jesus. The joy of the Lord was so great that persecution and poverty couldn't dampen their hearts. They even rejoiced that they were counted worthy to suffer in the name of the Lord. Paul and Silas, being held in a prison in Philippi, broke out in praise and prayers as their songs of victory reverberated through the prison halls. For one reason. Christ resurrected. Christ is not in the tomb anymore. He had been raised by God. This joy and rejoicing that gripped the early church was evidence of the faith in Christ and in His resurrection that nothing could overcome. They knew in whom they believed and they knew that He was not dead, that He was risen indeed. Beloved, should not this joy also be in our hearts that we can realize that we serve a living God that God raised Christ from the dead. This power lives in us also today. And we can stand on that this morning. Another outcome is a new message. Acts 2 verse 24, whom God raised up having loosed the pains of death because it was not possible that he should be held. We remember well the marvelous faith of certain Old Testament saints. They looked down through the years and told of Christ's death and resurrection. Job would say, Yet in my flesh shall I see God, whom I shall see for myself, and my eyes shall behold, and not another. He had that faith that one day he would be able to see God. But if Christ had not been raised, he could not say that. Abraham could receive his son from the dead, figuratively, because he accounted that to God, was able to raise him up. He had a faith that even should he sacrifice his son, that God would raise him up again. David could speak with certainty of the fact that Christ was to sit upon his throne, because he foresaw and spoke beforehand of the resurrection of Christ. Throughout the Bible, the Old Testament, the prophets and the seers prophesied that Jesus Christ would be raised from the dead. There's an empty tomb. And the empty tomb became a blessed and glorious reality. Then the resurrection took on a new meaning and established this new message. See, it does as well to follow the testimony of Peter and James and John and even of Paul to note that they placed the emphasis on a risen Christ. They preached the cross, but they also preached the resurrection. If they told of Christ died for our sins, they also told that He was raised for our justification. At Pentecost, Peter was quick to cry out in Acts 2, verse 23 and 24, Him, being delivered by the determined purpose and foreknowledge of God, you have taken by lawless hands, have crucified and put to death this Jesus of Nazareth. But he added, 
whom God raised up, having loosed the pains of death, because it is not possible that he should be held by it. Following Pentecost, Peter and John, on the occasion of healing the lame man in Acts 3, verse 14 and 15, sounded the words, But you denied the Holy One and the just, and asked for a murderer to be granted to you, and killed the Prince of Life, whom God raised from the dead, of which we are witnesses. The early message was not only Christ crucified, but Christ being raised again. The resurrected Christ. And even when Peter and John were brought before the rulers of the day, they said, Jesus Christ, whom you crucified, whom God has raised from the dead. That is the great power that the apostles gave witness of in the early church. Shall we today, beloved, relegate our testimony of the empty tomb to once every year service? Is it only at Easter that we remember this? No, we can't. We need to boldly proclaim it, not only from the pulpit, but also from our hearts. Because this is what our faith stands for. is a resurrected Christ. And once again, the power that raised Christ from the dead lives within each and every one of us. Beloved, we cannot neglect to understand this power that we have in us. It also brings a new emphasis of Christ's headship. Acts 2 verse 36. Therefore let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God has made him, that this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. Nothing can take away from this message that Jesus Christ has been raised from the dead. No other religion in the world can testify of their God having this power. It always depends on how much I must do to attain everlasting life. But it's only our wonderful God that made a way for us that should we believe in Him, that we too one day will be with Him in heaven because of the risen Christ. From the day that the early church began to serve, the Lord Jesus Christ became unto them. Not only the Lord Jesus Christ raised from the dead, but He became the Lord Jesus Christ, seated at the right hand of God. That is where Jesus is. No more in the tomb, but at the right hand of, God, of the Father. And he's clothed with all authority and power. See, the early saints moved under the inspiration that Christ was not only alive, but that he was alive to watch over them and to clothe them with power. That is where they received their power from, because they knew this Christ had been raised. That is where their power would come from. All power is given unto me in heaven and earth, Christ said. But he also said, Lo, I am with you. Christ will never leave us. He is always with us. How the truth of Christ's headship stirs the saints and how they pressed on their way, nothing doubting. Listen to Peter in one of his first sermons after Pentecost, spokesman of the twelve, saying, This Jesus has God raised up. Therefore, 
being made the right hand of God exalted and having received of the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, He has shed forth this, which you now see and hear. That was their message. Their message of power was that this Christ has been raised, sitting at the right hand of God with all authority and all power. Men saw and heard in the, in the city of Jerusalem what Christ was accomplishing from the right hand of God. Peter could explain to them that the power that they received, this Holy Spirit that they had received, had come from God because Jesus Christ was sitting on the right hand of God. This Jesus Christ whom they had crucified with all power and authority was there providing them with power to do all the miraculous works that they did. And in the next breath, Peter said, God has made that same Jesus whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. Thus the Savior slain was now the Lord exalted. And he's holding in his hands the reins which guide the church today. It was for this same reason that on the occasion of the healing of the lame man at the gate of the temple called Beautiful, that Peter said to the amazed multitudes, why look so intently at us as though by our own power or holiness we have made this man to walk? Peter recognized and explained to the people that it wasn't us who was doing this. It was the power that God had instilled in us that we could do this. And it's by this power that we still today can operate. It's this power that the church operates in today. The same vision of Christ in His headship, leadership and authority is seen all through the book of Acts and even in the epistles. We need the same vision to grip us today. We need to believe. We need to accept that the same power that raised Jesus from the dead lives within each and every one of us. We need to serve a Christ who is not dead but living. Another outcome of the resurrection is a new power in service. Acts 1 verse 8. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses to me in, in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. You see, before Pentecost, the disciples neither had power or service to do the work that Jesus said they need to do. They were worried. They were quarreling amongst themselves. They had failed in attempting to do the miraculous. One of them even denied the Lord, while the others had forsaken Him and fled. After spending three years with Jesus, and Jesus teaching them, still they were lost after the crucifixion. Running away, fleeing, being doubtful, but after Christ's resurrection and ascension and the descent of the Holy Spirit, the disciples were new men. Surely they still had their weaknesses, but they were transformed. We need to be transformed today because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And we read, and with great power the apostles gave witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. 
And this was not only true for the apostles, also for those who labored with them, and even for those who came after them. The seven men chosen to look after the affairs of the church in Jerusalem were men full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom. The same power is given to the laity and to those who preached. It's not just for the pastors and for the elders. It's for everyone. If we say that we believe, if we accepted Jesus Christ and our Lord and Savior, we have this same power in us. Beloved, we can rejoice with us. And the Apostle Paul was filled with the Holy Spirit and his message was given in power. Not alone, however, in the realm of power was there a new order, but also in the lives of the saints. It wasn't just there, the power was there, it was there for the, for the saints of the church. So it is for us too. You see, the prayer life was deepened. They walked together in one accord. They cared one for another, even having all things in common. And the peace of God garrisoned their hearts. They lived lives which manifested the fruits of the Spirit. All of these things came as a result of the risen, ascended, and seated Lord. It also is a new vision of death. In Acts 7, in verses 55, 56, 59, and 60, we read, And He, being full of the Holy Spirit, gazed into heaven and saw the glory of God, and Jesus standing at the right hand of God and said, Look, I see the heavens open, and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. And they stoned Stephen as he was calling on God and saying, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Then he knelt down and cried out with a loud voice, Lord, do not charge them with a sin. And when he had said this, he fell asleep. The effect of the empty tomb carries to the hearts of the early saints this new vision concerning death. They knew not only that Christ was raised, but that He had ascended. They knew each in turn that if Christ had ascended, they too would rise. And death had lost its sting. The empty tomb bears witness to them the death in Christ would rise. The empty tomb told them more. It told them that they would not only rise, but they would have glorified bodies like the Lord Jesus Christ. They were not afraid to be martyred because they knew to be absent from the body would be present with Christ. The death of Stephen was an inspiration for them. When they saw, before Stephen gave up his spirit, his face had become the face of an angel. And he looked up steadfastly into heaven and he had seen the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand. Witness that it is the truth. Witness that we too can stand on this promise that should we die today that we too will be raised. We too will join Christ in eternity. Paul would write in Philippians 1, 22, uh, 23, 24, 
for I'm hard-pressed between the two, having a desire to depart and to be with Christ, which is far better for me. Nevertheless, to remain in the flesh is more needful for you. So even Paul recognized that I'd love to go, but I need to stay too so that I can continue with the work that Christ has put before me. Beloved, let us live in the light of the glory of Christ. Then the sorrows of the earth will not overwhelm us. Let us come to acknowledgement of this truth that no matter what happens to us, we will be united with Jesus Christ and God in heaven. It also, another outcome is the new fellowship of the saints, Acts 2 verse 42 to 45. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, in the breaking of bread and in prayers. Then fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. Now all who believed were together and had all things in common, and sold their possessions and goods, and divided them amongst all, as anyone had need. The resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ brought an entire new order. You see, when, when Christ had died, the veil in the temple had been rent, torn in two. And even the Gentiles could enter into the Holy of Holies, into the presence of Christ. When Christ was risen, exalted, a new fellowship was formed to be known forevermore as the church. And we today are privileged to take part, to hear the messages, to take part in church, church services. As Pastor Ronald said, that we have this privilege in South Africa that we can stand up on a Sunday morning and come to the house of the Lord. And our biggest worry is the weather. Not the policeman standing at the gate. Beloved, how privileged are we? This day of resurrection came from the beginning and recognized as a special day for the church. First day of the week we will come to glorify God and to praise Him. The ordinance of baptism was observed, linking the church indissolubly with the crucified and buried, yet risen and living Lord. See, even baptism speaks to the death and burial of Christ, but also of His resurrection. When we are raised out of the waters, we are new beings. Not that that is our salvation. We are saved first. And then for a public display, we are baptized. See, the early saints understood step by step the deeper meaning of this new fellowship. See, it first came to them as addition of Judaism. But afterwards they found, no, that this is a new order. This is different. There's more power involved in this. they saw that the church was entirely distinct from the old order. The Apostle Paul was sent of God to fill up the words of God in the new message concerning the church. Hence, he wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. The churches realized that Christ, risen and seated and was living head, it was in Him that they moved and from Him that they received their authority. 
was he who walked in their midst, placing over them their messengers. Today, the church stands victorious in life and in testimony to the extent that it recognizes the living head, Jesus Christ. This is the purpose that the church was formed, to glorify God through Jesus, crucified and resurrected. And lastly, it brings a new hope. Acts 17.31 Because he had appointed a day on which he will judge the world in righteousness by the man whom he had ordained. He had given the assurance of this to all by raising him from the dead. The early disciples and the saints grasped the announcement of the angels when he stood there and he said he's not here for he has risen. They began by way of the Lord's empty tomb to get a new vision. The grave with the stone rolled away had telescopic effect upon the disciples. They knew that the one crucified had been crucified as king of the Jews. They knew that the testimony of the prophets, the babe of Bethlehem, the child of a virgin, the son of God, had been announced by the prophets to sit on David's throne. Now, in that empty tomb, they saw God's pledge of fulfillment throughout the ages, throughout the old Old Testament, the common theme is of Christ crucified, Christ resurrected. You can read throughout the Old Testament, this is the message of the coming Christ, the coming Messiah, but that He will be crucified and that He will be resurrected. Thus it was from the very beginning, even Pentecost, Peter referred to the fact that God had sworn to David that the fruits of his loins, according to the flesh, God would raise up Christ to sit on his throne. And Peter affirmed this. We do not wonder, therefore, that with the empty tomb before him, Peter called his nation to repentance. And this is our message today, is for all to come to repentance to accept Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior because He was crucified for our sins, but He was raised up for our justification. Beloved, what a message. What a God we serve. All glory be to God the Father for that He sent His only Son that each and every one of us can be saved, can be reunited with Him in all of eternity. The early church lived and moved, wrought and taught under the inspiration of the empty tomb. To them, that empty tomb was indissolubly linked to Christ's second coming. For the angels had said to them, the same Christ you see ascend into heaven will come likewise. Beloved, He is coming again because He was raised from the dead. He's not, his bones aren't lying in the grave anywhere. He's been raised and he will come again. Amen. The early saints lived, looked for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of that great God and Savior Jesus Christ. Shall we who dwell under this very shadow of the blessed hour of that glorious return not lift our faces upwards to greet him as he comes? Beloved, I close. 
There's a judgment day coming. Not just for one nation, not just for one people, but for everybody. Have you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Have you accepted His offer of life, life everlasting and eternal life? If so, let us lift up our heads, look to the heavens with great anticipation. Your Savior is coming again. But as you wait, remember that Jesus is alive and well here on earth through the lives of His followers, through people like you. It is through us that we can give a dark world hope. It is through us that God can work a work to show a dark world everlasting life. Beloved, this is what we need to keep in our hearts. God is coming again. This is what we have been tasked to do, to tell a dark world of the coming Christ, of a coming Messiah. So what does this mean for us? It means that we need to be active in our church. We have to participate in a ministry. We have to be active. We cannot sit idle by just waiting. There's work to be done, each and every one of us. And we can't say, I can't do this or I can't do that. There's always something that one can do. Even if you're just lying in your sick bed, you can pray. There's work to be done. Give to those who you need and to your local church. And in addition, continue to look forward with joyous anticipation to the return of Jesus Christ, your Savior, and seeing Him face to face. Beloved, let us pray. Dear Father in heaven, we thank you for moving our hearts so that you may be know that we are your children. Even in the midst of turmoil and evil, fear and pain, you bring us happiness. We can know that you are holding us with your right hand and will finally deliver us from all evil. Let your spirit be at work everywhere. Give us patience when time is needed in our own hearts and in the hearts of all people who also belong to you. Continue to strengthen us so that even the heaviest burden does not crush us and we may exult in hope because you are right. You will right every wrong to the glory of your name. Amen. Beloved, if you haven't accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Saviour, now is the time. There's opportunity for you to accept this Jesus Christ, this risen Christ can be your hope, can be your life, can be your assurance of life everlasting. Now is the time for that decision.